97.9 The Hill, WCHO, and the UNC Hussman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC journalism professor, Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, preparing students to cover the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and whether the games will even happen. Our guest, Roxanne Kosh, she teaches sports journalism at the University of Florida and is a UNC alum. So, Roxanne, the IOC has basically said the games are going forward. Uh, there's a lot of consternation about uh, coronavirus, and there might be some, uh, there have already been some things associated with the Olympics that have been postponed or um, changed in some way. But the IOC insists the games themselves will begin on July 24th. What's what would be the issue with postponing a little bit if they had to? I mean, I think if, if they postpone, the main issues are going to be um, economic and in terms of life in Tokyo, right? Like the people in Tokyo are going to be deeply impacted by um, any type of cancellation or postponement that might happen to the games. Uh, people have been preparing for years for them. Uh, Tokyo is a very dense city, very like large population. Uh, they've made, they've put plans into action uh, or prepared for plans to put into action when the games happen um, for this partic- these particular dates. And if, if they were postponed, that would completely uh, change their course of action. And so it would be a little bit of a uh, debacle. Uh, both economically and socially for uh, Tokyo. And then there's also the part for the athletes, the coaches, especially in minor sports that, um, you know, count on the games every four years to actually make a living. That's how they survive. Uh, So it would definitely have a large impact internationally as well. Let's come back to the impact on the athletes in a second, but I did want to give our listeners some of the most recent information. So in a government meeting earlier this week, uh, Seiko Hashimoto uh, responded to a lawmaker's question in parliament, and she is one of the, uh, she's the Olympic minister for uh, Tokyo. She said, the con- and I'm quoting here, the contract calls for the games to be held within 2020. That could be interpreted as allowing a postponement. But the IOC jumped on that quickly and said, oh, no, we're not postponing. We're going when when we say we're going to go. So uh, what about the political back and forth, uh, even, you know, even between the IOC and the Olympics minister for the uh, country of Japan? Yeah, that's it, it's definitely an interesting uh, back and forth, as you put it, because we also had before that an IOC member who said, um, the games will not be postponed or moved. Um, if they can't happen this summer, they will be canceled altogether. And of course, that's one IOC member out of 101. Uh, so there's literally 100 other IOC members out there. Uh, but, but that also um, created a lot of uh, talk in, in the media, on social media, in the general public, among athletes, coaches, all of that. 
Um, and yeah, that back and forth is, it, it almost feels like they're not talking to each other in private at all. They're just doing so uh, via the press. Uh, and I'm not sure that that's the best solution for them or for us as fans. All right. So again, the IOC says we plan to go as originally planned. We've not even discussed contingency plans. All right. I can understand the push to say, uh, you know, this is the most important sporting event in the world. Uh, The summer games are only every four years. We're not going to make any changes. But is it illogical not to at least discuss contingency plans? I believe it is. Um, It's it's illogical. It's probably not smart and unsafe. Um, I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, though. Um, they may say that to us outsiders. Uh, that does not mean that they don't have a contingency plan if needed. Um, then again, in 2016, we saw, uh, you know, four years ago, we had a lot of talk about Rio Olympics potentially being canceled or moved or uh, postponed because of the Zika virus, and they still went on as planned. Um, so I think I think for the IOC, just like everybody else, uh, it's a little early to know what's going to happen this summer surrounding the coronavirus. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's, they're not going to make a decision right this minute. All right, so the, the spokesman for the IOC, the, uh, the guy named Adams, he said uh, the, the group wants to avoid mass speculation and fevered imaginations. I sort of understand that. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm seeing a bit of mass speculation. What if, you know, what? And it, we're, we're five months away. Why do we have to be thinking, what if, uh, you know, maybe we discuss it a little bit, but why get all in a in a knot about something that's five months away that's a good question i think i think part of the answer is is because a last minute cancellation would made it that much worse for everyone involved um the you know the games that's something we seldom discuss but the games also run thanks to thousands of volunteers who come from all around the world to basically work for free they still have to pay everything like they have to pay their plane ticket they have to pay their accommodations in Tokyo they have to pay pretty much everything and they work for free um, they volunteer for the Olympics and it's an experience but they, it, it comes at a financial cost to them and so those thousands of people for instance, that's one example right but those thousands of people if the games were cancelled at the last minute uh it would make it make it that much worse for them, uh, and that's the same thing with the journalists, the athletes, the coaches, the people in Tokyo involved uh, in the games or preparing for the games. Um, so I think that's why there's a lot of speculation is because um, canceling right now would give us a decision once and for all, for all, and so we would know we would be able to proceed with. The plan B, not canceling right now, leaves us in the uncertainty of what's going to happen with the coronavirus. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. 
Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking about the coronavirus's potential impact on the Tokyo Olympics. We're talking with Roxanne Kosh from the University of Florida. She is a proud UNC alum. Roxanne, we talked about the impact on the athletes. You know, someone might argue, well, what does it matter, you know, for health and safety reasons if you postpone for a month or two months or three months? Well, it, it certainly matters to the athletes because athletes at that level train to peak at a certain time. And they've been training for more than a year to peak at a certain time. And if that peak time is pushed back two or three months, that really messes with their training. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sports has become a science and professionally, especially. And so um, postponing the games just a couple of months completely changes their whole training routine. And it's too late to change it at this point. So they would definitely not peak or they're less likely to peak um, if in, in September or October compared to July or August when the games are supposed to happen. Um, so that definitely has a huge impact on them. All right. So uh, the coronavirus already has had some impact. Uh, well, first, let's talk about the torch relay. That starts in Greece. No real issues in Greece right now. But then, of course, it will have to go into Japan, where there have been some cases. The torch relay starts later this month. So that's not five months away. That's three weeks away. And then you have uh, the qualifying events for the triathlon, for women's water polo, uh, various other uh, baseball, various other qualifying events have already been moved or uh, postponed. So it's already having an impact on the games. What's interesting, too, is you have other sporting events going on at this, like right now that are not as affected. So the She Believes Cup in women's soccer, for instance, is, is starting this week. Uh, the Japanese national team is actually here in the U.S. to play in that She Believes Cup, and it's still going forward. They, um, the organizers haven't said anything about uh, potentially changing uh, you know, changing tickets or attendance or anything like that. Um, the first, I think some of the games are happening in Orlando uh, in a, tomorrow, I think. And, uh, you know, we have cases here in Florida and that's not changing. So it's, it's interesting to see also the differences in, um, in, in sporting events, um, whether it's what, what they're doing how they're responding to the coronavirus. Yeah, if something is scheduled in China or even in uh, Italy, certain parts of Italy for sure, where there have been lots of cases, that makes sense. But you mentioned uh, she believes, and then we have the uh, men's uh, CONCACAF qualifying March 20th in Guadalajara. That's on schedule. So some things are on schedule. Some things are not on schedule. So it's really difficult to, uh, to try to follow exactly what's going on. But the, the bottom line for me is I've seen, uh, I wrote this in, a, in an op-ed. Uh, I've seen this movie already twice. I saw this happen in, uh, before Beijing in 2008 with SARS. I saw it happen, and you and I were, were in Rio together for uh, 2016, and it was 
uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, virus there is like, oh, my gosh, they're going to have to cancel the games. People are going to die by the thousands. And you and I are both still alive, uh, as are, you know, all the students that we took with us. So where that to me is the hardest part of this is where do you draw the line to say this is a reasonable fear, this is irrational fear? You know, that's where um, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. Uh, I think, you know, the big worry is how fast the coronavirus can spread, according to what I read. Uh, it spreads a lot faster than, um, than a lot of other viruses. Um, and the mortality rate is at like 3% or something like that, which is not obviously like does not sound like a whole lot, but it's a lot more than uh, the average virus out there. Um, I don't know what may or may not happen. Uh, it, it, it can't be that irrational if international and national health organizations are worried about it. Um, but that's, kind of where my knowledge uh, reaches a ceiling because I'm not a medical doctor. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus, our discussion with Roxanne Kosh about uh, the possibility, uh, which some people are raising, of postponing or even canceling the Olympics. And Roxanne, you and I have a vested interest in this decision because as it stands right now, we have plans to take groups of students to Tokyo to cover the games. Think back to when we did the same thing in Rio and Zika was thought to be, in fact, uh, one of my students opted not to take the trip uh, to Rio because of Zika. Is it different this time uh, as far as you're concerned? Do you see more worry than we saw with Zika in 2016? I do feel more worry than we saw with Zika in 2016. Uh, I get a lot more um, emails from, I've gotten a lot more emails this week from students, the participants who uh, were selected to go to, to Tokyo. Uh, I've I've gotten more emails from them worried about uh, what might or might not happen. Um, I've also, I think part of it is also uh, the University of Florida actually just uh, canceled all travel to some countries, including Japan, until further notice. Um, they haven't officially canceled the summer program yet. Uh, we're still planning on going at this point in time. Uh, but we're kind of waiting, and, and there's definitely more worry partly because of that. Uh, at no point in time um, in 2016 did my institution then travel to Brazil. So uh, uh, UNC has uh, done similar things in, in the recent weeks. Uh, it's pulling back students who were already studying abroad in South Korea, in Italy, uh, don't think Japan is affected yet, but um, th- this is I, this one is is tough for me 
because I see it in through the lens of, again, having been through this twice already, and it turned out to be nothing. But how can we predict with confidence that this is, again, going to be nothing? It might be a big thing. And how do we protect our students? Um, you know, how does our, our how do our universities respond? Because you have parents and uh, other constituents who, who are perhaps worried about this. Um, how difficult is it for a faculty member, uh, from your perspective, to be somewhat caught in the middle? I mean, I think it's it's difficult uh, in terms of uh, moral and in terms of time, right? So trying to keep up the moral the morale of your students and uh, saying, yeah, you know, th- don't worry for now. It's it's too early to worry and all that. It, you know, the reality of things is if they don't go this summer because they can't. Um, it changes their whole, like their whole plan. Maybe they're counting on it for instead of an internship. Maybe they chose this program instead of an internship, and so it completely changes uh, their near future. Um, so there's definitely that aspect. Uh, in terms of time, it's very time consuming, uh, and so it keeps us from other obligations that we may have. Um, but I think the main thing is really morally like we don't want to put our students at risk as you said uh and so that's where we rely also thankfully on um our you know our institutions whether that's the international center the global center whatever it's called um those are the professionals that we know we can trust and who are actually following um following very closely what's going on in the news all right, so we have uh, about a minute and a half left. So let's assume that the, the, the Olympics are a go. What's in it for a student to go to an Olympic Games and cover it for uh, media, in your case back in Florida, in my case back in North Carolina? What's in it is what they make of it. Uh, they can, you know, network internationally. Um, they get to uh, cover athletes of international caliber, uh, regardless of the sport, those are the international stars. Um, They get to be confronted to various cultures, uh, including the Japanese culture, of course, but in today, this year, but not only. Um, They're going to meet people all over the world. And, you know, being able to um, navigate the Olympics will give them a lot of soft skills uh, in terms of communication, in terms of um, understanding, in terms of uh, interviewing, uh, kind of, you know, all the soft skills that are necessary in the journalistic field. All right. So uh, I come down on the side of this is a once in a lifetime experience because we've heard that from so many of our students who've gone on these trips before. And yes, there, there's always a risk. Anytime you travel, anytime you drive down the road, there's a risk. Let's give the students the choice. You know there's a risk. Do you still want to go? And uh, that's how we make the decision. So that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Roxanne Kosh of the University of Florida. Thanks also to producer Laura Field. And as always, thanks to you for listening. 
Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media.